I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. After the final buzzer sounds, we're here to wrap it up. Why not? Here's Steph Curry! It's time for Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7. Warriors Wrap Up is presented by Realtor.com, the home of home search. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason inside your San Francisco studios, uh, our San Francisco studios, the Warriors in Memphis tonight, and uh, they were run out of the FedEx Forum in the second half of this ball game, particularly the third quarter, a 35-17 advantage for the Grizzlies en route to a 122-102 win over the Warriors. So, Whitey Gleason, Golden State now at the halfway mark of the season they are 9-32 and 32 through 41 games. They got D'Angelo Russell back. He went for 34 in 34 minutes. The Warriors also knocked down 17 threes. You shot. said they're going to have 18 before the game. You said they'd have 18 threes. Well, if it, you know, you're thinking yeah. the alternating back and forth mm-hmm. where they have a game where they shoot it well, they don't shoot it well, they shoot it well. Tonight was a night where they were going to shoot it well. So I had said, yeah, that would mean about 18 threes. They make 17 out of 34 from three-point range. And D'Angelo Russell comes back, but they get absolutely annihilated in the paint. Yeah. Uh, and anytime the Warriors are facing a team with size, it can become problematic. Amari Spellman in the starting lineup for a second consecutive game. He played pretty well, knocked down some threes himself. But Jonas Valanciunas, uh, he just destroyed the Warriors. 31 points, How many 19 shots did he rebounds. Take? He was 13 for 17. Ouch. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, nine offensive rebounds. Do you think maybe the Warriors were mesmerized by those throwback Vancouver Grizzlies uniforms that the Grizzlies had on tonight? Well, I, I don't know how they could be because we did some research during the game. Our, our producer, Arden, dug it up. The Grizzlies never won more than 23 games in those uniforms yeah, in a I season. Know. I know. So they shouldn't. Maybe they're mesmerizing by their look, but uh, Grizzlies teams that have played in those uniforms have. Uh, Historically, not been great. Not fared well. Yeah, so 9-32 and 32 projects over a full season to, even I can do that, 18-64, and 64, right? So the Warriors on pace to win 18 games. I know D'Angelo Russell was one of the bright spots for the Warriors tonight with 34 points, hit 5 of 9. I, I think if you're looking for encouraging signs, and it's, you know, it's not necessarily easy to find them on a night like tonight, but they are there. We said before the game that given the Warriors' issues at guard right now, that Jacob Evans and Jordan Poole are going to have opportunities. They both had nice games. Jacob Evans scored eight points, and he had two or three three-pointers. Jordan Poole scored 13. Jordan Poole, um, let's see, that's the most points he scored since November the 29th at Miami, and that's the first time he scored in double figures since November the 29th at Miami, and he hit four out of nine three-pointers. So... Uh, I, I think in some ways that's more encouraging than what D'Angelo Russell did. It's fun to watch D'Angelo Russell, and he made some incredible shots, but you knew that he could do that. And on such a bad, bad team, he's going to get a lot of chances to score points. 888 
If you want to weigh in on this game or the Warriors at the halfway mark, clearly nobody could have possibly thought. uh, And I would say even after Stephen Curry went down, I think there was a belief that, hey, it could be pretty bad uh, in terms of wins and losses and the playoffs at that point were immediately uh, seemingly off the table. I don't know if you could think it would be this bad in terms of just overall record and a team like you said, Whitey, on pace to win 18 games. Yeah, it's been a strange, strange season. You talked a moment ago about Valanciunas and how the Warriors struggle with skilled big men. I think it just speaks again to the need they have for next year. They're going to have to bring in a legitimate center, right? I mean, a legitimate big-bodied center, even if it's not a skilled big man, but a big man. And I thought it was interesting um, when you look at Willie Cauley-Stein tonight, and Spellman has responded well to starting. Willie Cauley-Stein has not responded well to coming off the bench. Willie Cauley-Stein tonight scored a point. Uh, 16 minutes, he was 0 for 5, and he doesn't seem comfortable coming off the bench. So I don't know what this says about his future, long-term future with the Warriors. But that's one thing looking at next year they're going to have to add to the roster is a legitimate NBA center. Yeah, and that's even if Willie Cauley-Stein is around. I agree. He will have the option I to agree. be around. Like Cauley-Stein I like as part of, let's say, a three-headed monster. You know, if you if you think Kevon Looney's going to be a center, maybe you have Cauley-Stein, and then you still have one other guy that can kind of plug it up. And as the Warriors have done in the years where they've been really, really good, they've had even four or five different types of centers. You could throw Mari Spellman into that mix as yet another center with a different skill set than some of the other types of players the Warriors would be looking for. But I think that they're going to need, and I know sometimes these guys kind of languish on the bench, sometimes they don't, but somebody, and I'm just talking uh, size-wise, McGee, Pachulia, Festus Azili, they're going to have to have somebody like that available on the roster. Yeah, and I think think they know that uh, at this point. And I think that's another reason why, as much as you'd like to get a flyer on a guy like Marquise Chris, who was waived last week, I think you also know in the back of your mind, there's only so many centers you can have on the uh, on the roster. So if you're going to still need and want somebody to have that, that different body type, that wouldn't be Marquise Chris either. Right, right. And by the way, for what it's worth, eight straight losses now for the Warriors. That's the low watermark, right? That's the longest losing streak they've uh, they've suffered with so far this year. Yeah, surpassing the seven-game streak, which the Warriors were able to snap on their last trip to Memphis. Uh, Two trips into Memphis with the Warriors holding a seven-game losing streak, and the Warriors were able in November to end their seven-game losing streak in Memphis. Grizzlies playing much, much better basketball. Some are calling it a special season. And uh, up to 18 and 22. Uh, Look, special season is probably (laughs) a bit strong. That's what Steve Kerr said. Uh, for a team, and we are going to hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, here coming up uh, in just a moment. Uh, that's a little strong for me, but when you look at the fact that the Warriors were in a spot, or I'm sorry, the Grizzlies were in a spot coming into the year, I think many would have believed that they would be one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in the Western Conference. I mean, coming into the year, I think the smart money would have been on either the Grizzlies or the Suns to be the worst team in the conference, and maybe even the Grizzlies overtaking the Suns for that uh, because the Suns had picked up some veteran players. If anything, the Grizzlies had actually gone younger. What I really like about the Grizzlies is they have such a balanced attack. I mentioned in Warriors uh, Live, the Grizzlies has they have six players averaging in double figures. Tonight they had six players scoring in double figures. Nobody took more than 17 shots, and that was Valanchunas, and he made 13 of them. 
So it's a very balanced attack, which I think is bringing out the best in some of their young players. John Morant, since he came back from his injury, he seems to be shooting less, but he seems to be overall more productive for them. So they're fun to watch, and they seem to have established an identity. They need to get better defensively if they're ever going to actually accomplish anything. But a young team on the rise, I think, at the very least, a little bit ahead of schedule. Let's go ahead and hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, as he met with reporters at FedEx Forum. First of all, I just want to say congrats to uh, Memphis. I thought they were fantastic tonight in the second half, and uh, they're having a really, really special season when you think about you know where they started um, Taylor's first year and you know where they are now, what they've done the last few weeks. It's really impressive. So uh, tonight was really about about Memphis continuing their great play, and uh, they're one of the one of the best stories in the league this year. And um, and they showed us why tonight. It was a complete effort. They're well coached. They play hard. They play for each other. They play together, and uh, it's a great great game for them. Time. Why do you think they had such a burst in the third quarter? Uh, they, uh, I, I didn't think they played that well in the first uh, first half. Um, you know, we and we made ten threes. I think in the first half, it's not good to make ten threes and be down one. You know, we should have had a lead, uh, but we got killed on the offensive glass. And so, you know, once uh, the shots started to, uh, to not fall for us, we were vulnerable, and Valanciunas killed us all night, and they uh, they got. Got things rolling. It's sort of a trade off when you start a guy like Omari, um, who is like spacing the floor. Is that the trade off, kind of having to deal with their size and size? Well, that's um, that's one way to look at it. But um, he seemed to be dominating no matter who was out there. So um, you know, he's a he's a big, strong guy. He's an old school uh, center who um, can also step out and make a three. So he's uh, he's having a. A great season. He had a great game tonight. All right, so Steve Kerr there asked about maybe a little bit of a trade-off. Amari Spellman, a smaller center. Jonas Valanciunas getting off a little bit, dominating the glass, dominating on the interior. And Steve Kerr making a point there to note that Valanciunas was going off against Whoever anyone. was guarding him. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone. Yeah. Not exactly the... Not an endorsement of Willie Collestein's nah, play. No. And I'll just say this, and I've been I've been kidding you a little because I know you bristled at the notion of uh, Memphis having a special season, and I understand that. I think there what Steve Kerr, part of what he's doing there, in my opinion, is he's just propping up a fellow coach. Did you notice he said, Coach Taylor Jenkins, you look at the expectations, he's done a good job there. So I think part of what he's talking about is, hey, look, that, that guy's doing a really good job there. You know, in an organization, the Memphis organization has not been uh, the steadiest, so I Part of that, I think, is Coach Kerr sticking up for a fellow coach. Yeah, I think I think that's commendable. And again, the the only disagreement I would have with Coach Kerr, I mean, I, I do think, yeah, they're having a special season compared to, and he said this, compared to where they started. Well, they started with many believing that they were going to have a hard time winning 20 games. So the fact that they've won almost as many in the first half of the season, I mean, that is something that's relatively impressive but let, let's not get carried away with it. I mean, I, I'm not willing to call them one of the best stories of the year in the league just yet. Now, if this team wins 40 games and makes the playoffs, okay, 
then you then you got something, Coach. But uh, you know, look, I, I I'm with you. I get it. You're trying to prop up the other team a little bit, trying to take up for a coach. I think also in some ways trying to maybe deflect from well, that could be too a, a poor performance tonight. I mean, right. you know, this is a, you know the Warriors really didn't do much well tonight other than make three pointers. You know, and D'Angelo Russell scored the basketball. But but let's be honest. I mean, beyond D'Angelo Russell coming back and scoring the ball and knocking down threes, what did the Warriors do well tonight? Uh, they didn't do a lot. They sure turned the ball over a lot. Uh, they didn't make free throws especially well. They had 47 rebounds, but, of course, they got destroyed because they gave up 60. So it's a, it's a fair point. They didn't do a lot. That said, who do you think really should have done more? Burks didn't shoot the ball well again. Uh, Glenn Robinson had eight points. Draymond Green was barely there. I mean, he did have uh, four assists and eight rebounds, but he was one for five. And he just offensively, this is one of those games where Draymond is just barely there. He's no threat offensively uh, other than passing the ball. But I, when it comes to shooting and scoring, he has not been much of a threat at all. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven. 9570. It's Warriors wrap up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. We're going to hear from D'Angelo Russell and also Amari Spellman. If you want to weigh in on with your thoughts on this ball game or the Warriors season as a whole as they reach the 9 and 32 mark uh, at the halfway point of the year, we could do that as Warriors wrap up continues here on 957 the game. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, Warriors Wrap-Up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Warriors lose tonight to the Grizzlies, 122-102. So Golden State now 9-32 at the halfway point of the season. 8-8, 957 Nine five seven nine five seven zero. We're going to hear from D'Angelo Russell, Amari Spellman, and Eric Pascal coming up here. But right now, let's get to Dave in Pleasanton. Dave, you're on Warriors wrap up here tonight on ninety five seven. The game. Hey guys, I just wanted to make sure that you know I set this out there first. Is when it was that supposable rumor, Draymond or Durant, which never happened and was never going to happen, but. You know, I was always on Draymond's side. We, we're too soft without him and all that. But I really think it's time to move on. I don't think, even with the stuff he does off the court and the general that he is, I don't think he's worth a super contract. And when you got a rookie that no one expected to do what he's doing in Pascal, I think it's time. The only way to save this franchise is to trade D'Angelo and to trade Draymond Green. And I'm not saying go out and get a superstar – but you can build a team with off those two contracts. You can bring in some solid players and build some depth also to go along with it. And I think that's the only way to save the franchise. That's all I got, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate the call. Save the franchise. Probably a little strong. Whitey, what, uh, what I just think? I think the Warriors look at Draymond's play this year, and I'm the one that pointed out that tonight, on nights like tonight, he's virtually not a threat to score. But they're looking at this as a down year for him, too, and – and they realize that Draymond's value, really, you can't measure it this year. And he's worth a lot more to them than he would be to someone else. Um, and, and I, I think I, it, I, it, there's just no interest in – I understand your opinion, Dave, and uh, respect it. The Warriors are – they they're looking forward to having Draymond be a big 
part of what they do next year. Russell, I don't know, but certainly Draymond. Well, and, and it also, I mean, the fact that they were willing to give him the contract extension they gave him, I think that tells you that they were comfortable with this particular season turning out. You know, If it's going to be played under these circumstances, I think they're comfortable with how Draymond's playing it, and now they're almost going to use it as sort of a semi-sabbatical year for him. Yes, yep. he's healthy enough That's to where it. he's got to be playing regularly yes. compared to the yes. others, but he's they're just going to kind of let it be what it is. And you won't really know the answer to that question until next year. The question, though, then becomes, if you get to the off season, is it something you have to explore as to maybe believing that you're going to get closer to this Draymond moving forward than, say, the Draymond that we saw even in the Western Conference Finals last year where he looked like maybe the best player on the court at times. All evidence indicates that they are counting on Draymond next year being a key core piece going forward. Maybe not what he once was, but certainly proficient enough at both ends uh, to be one of their core pieces going forward. Let me ask you, John Dickinson, I can understand you're a little discouraged by uh, the way the Warriors played tonight and in the first half, but is there anything that you saw tonight that you think bodes well for their future? Not to sugarcoat anything, but did you see anything tonight that you think if you were Steve Kerr or Bob Myers and you're looking at this game and this box score, that you could say, hmm, okay, well, uh, that's, a, that's a positive sign? I think probably the most positive sign as it pertains to, and, and when you say the future, I think we're really talking about next year, right? I mean, there's, there's a couple of different ways you look at an individual game for this team this season, right? You can just look at the game like you look at any other game. Who played well? Who didn't? Uh, why did you win? Why did you lose? And, and the Warriors, unfortunately for them, are 9-32. and 32. There's been a lot of losses, eight consecutive losses. And we, we've kind of done that. The, the next extension of that is to ask the question as you review the game, well, what pertains maybe to the longer-term future? What pertains to the immediate future? And the immediate future is next season as the Warriors attempt to, to try and build a contending team reopen that championship window and as far as tonight I mean I would look at Eric Paschal as probably being the biggest brightest sign just his ability to have an efficient shooting night 10 points 5 of 12 I mean I know not not quite 50 percent but but he's you know having him become a little bit more consistent again I think is something you want to see because he is one player that figures to be a rotation player on next year's team beyond that I think tonight is even a rough one. Amari Spellman knocking down three three-pointers is another one I think you would put in that category because I think he's going to be somebody that's probably not playing 27 minutes next year. But if he carves out a niche and a, and a rotation spot, uh, I, I think he could find himself in a, in a position where he's playing fewer minutes, but you're still going to hope that he can knock down threes at a, at a 40% clip. You know, even but maybe playing in the twelve to eighteen minute uh, a, a night range. Beyond that, I don't really think there's a whole heck of a lot. You could throw Jordan Poole into the extended future. To and, me, anytime Poole does anything, starts making threes, that's a really encouraging sign. But I, I, I still think Jordan Poole has got. I mean, he's got a long way to go before yeah. he's going to be somebody that's even considered at all to be even a hint of being in the plans for next season. I still think they like Jordan Poole enough to think that he can be a player for him down the line, but Jordan Poole would have to do, you know, he'd have to have 20 games like tonight between now and the end of the year to be really considered a viable option to be a rotation player next year. I think one of the most encouraging things about Pascal 
and you made some great points. Pascal, his game is evolving, and we've seen him when we've been out there at the arena before, way before games. They've worked on his play on the perimeter, and you remember earlier in the year he was having a lot of success, but basically he'd get the ball and drive to the basket, right, put his head down and drive to the basket. One of the things he's doing now is diversifying a little bit. He's certainly capable of doing that, but you pointed out that he had five assists tonight in 30 minutes. That's a really good sign. No, I, I, I think it is a really good sign, and it shows a fit. You know, it just it shows, and I looking, think it shows growth too. You're, you're looking for a player that can that can be a fit, uh, you know, into a smaller box. Basically, you've got all these guys that are playing more minutes than they would probably play on a good team, on a contending team. What aspects of their game fit into that smaller box? And I think that's a that is a good sign for Eric Pascal, both being able to you know knock down some shots while you know at a decent clip and also showing an ability to continue to move the basketball. Uh, Smiley Geach played seven minutes tonight, did not attempt a shot. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I get where the Warriors are with Smiley Geach. I'd just like to see him play a lot more. I, I really would. And I, I know the Warriors are, are at a point where they're shorthanded enough to where he's going to stay around. I don't think Steve Kerr really wants him out there long enough to, to blatantly get exposed to where maybe he loses some confidence the way Jordan Poole might have. Uh, but I, I think, boy, if he's going to be around, I think there's really an, an opportunity to, to just you let him take so. his lumps and play. Yeah. And the Warriors just don't seem to want to do that right now. That's what this year should be for, right? You would think, you yeah. would hope. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason. It is Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7 The Game. We're brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of Home search, the Warriors lose tonight to the Grizzlies, 122-102. to Grizzlies now 18-22. and Special season. The Warriors fall to 9-32. and They'll open up a three-game homestand against the Dallas Mavericks Tuesday at Chase Center. Chilton Autobody text line with an interesting take. 6-5-0, Morant, speaking of Memphis rookie John Morant, Morant, not Zion, will be the best player out of this year's draft. What say you, Heidi Gleason? I think he'll be the rookie of the year, but um, before I pass judgment there, I'm going to wait until Zion actually plays in an NBA game. But if I had to right now, if I had to right now say who's going to be the better player, I would say, yeah, I agree with you, John Morant, because he's got a little more versatility to his game, and I like the way he seems to be becoming more of a facilitator, even just this year in his first year. Yeah, he's and, – and look, I think – a guard can impact the game in today's day and age more than a big. And Zion Williamson is athletic, and I mean the, the guy looks like a, a defensive tackle. I mean, watching him warm up, uh, just an unbelievable physical specimen. Uh, and I think somebody that will be able to impose his will on the game and really impact the game. I think he's going to be really good, and and he's so unique in terms of body type and skill set. But I, I think. In today's day and age, a guard is just going to have more impact than somebody that you have to set up. The guy that's doing the setting up can can just be more valuable more quickly and, and I think, over the long haul. You know, when Zion first really burst into the public consciousness and a lot of people saw him and were trying to compare him, figure out what to compare him to, my first, just when I saw him, just my first gut comparison was, that's like Sean Kemp, only he can shoot. I mean, that's who he looked like to me when I saw him just rampaging up and down the floor was was Sean Kemp, but with more finesse, the ability to have more finesse. He's, I can't wait to see him play. That's a good, you know, that's, yeah, 
Very, very good comp. That was just when I saw it. That's what came to no, mind. No, that's a very good comp. And, yeah, and Sean Kemp was just, just so much power. Re- re- power, yeah. reckless, abandon, and didn't really have the, the jump shot that he ended up having yeah. initially. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, maybe that's something that Zion will be able to work on as his game evolves. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. We're going to hear from D'Angelo Russell, also Amari Spellman and Eric Pasco. All of that and more here as we continue Warriors Wrap-Up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Warriors Wrap-Up continues on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason were brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Still time for some phone calls, 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Grizzlies beat the Dubs 122-102, to so the Warriors now 9-32 and on the season as they reach the halfway mark. Uh, wow, I mean, 9-32. and I know. We're talking about an 18-win season. And an eight-game losing streak. Uh, and and it's just it is some it's, tough games it, coming it, up. It's remarkable to just think. I mean, the, the Warriors are twenty three games under five hundred. I mean, it just it really is uh, crazy. It's to hard think. to miss the playoffs in the West this year, but they're going to manage. No, they are going to manage. And, and as you look at the, the standings right now, you've got Memphis now in eighth at eighteen and twenty two. San Antonio they won big win for them at tonight. Toronto. It's interesting. Their their last four games they beat Milwaukee. They won at Boston, and tonight they won in Toronto. So three three real good wins for the Spurs in their last four games, and they're playing a little bit better to improve to 17-21. and 21. The one loss in that stretch for San Antonio, they got blown out of Memphis mm. a couple of nights ago. Uh, and, and so you've got those two teams right there battling it out uh, for the eighth spot. Portland uh, at this point a couple of games back, and then there's a couple other teams that are even a few more uh, games back in the standings, but uh, we talked about it a couple of different times here over the last week. I mean, there there is really seven teams that could lay claim to that final eighth spot currently in the Western Conference, eight through 14, all separated by what amounts to four games right now. Yeah, obviously we will see some separation at some point, most likely. It's possible we're already starting to see some of that in the West right now. The three hottest teams are the Lakers, who've won uh, eight in a row, the Jazz, they're 27-12. and 12. They've won nine straight, and the team that beat the Warriors tonight, the Memphis Grizzlies, moving into the eighth spot Friday, staying there tonight. They've won five in a row. But looking ahead to the second half of the Warriors' season, what do you see as, say, the three biggest stories of the rest of this year? One has to be Steph Curry when he returns, right? Yes. That has to be one of them. It's will Clay Thompson return, period. Really? Yeah. I Because that... I've already given up on that. From what oh, Steve no. Curry said, oh. I... Yeah, I absolutely. I'm just not. basing everything on what Steve Kerr has said. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I would, I would, I would say that still absolutely is a is a will he or won't he scenario. So yeah, I think Curry, Curry definitely. Yeah, but even best case with Clay, we're talking maybe at the very end, right? At, yeah, very end, right around April first. But you've still got a handful of games to go. I mean, the season ends on April the fifteenth, and I, I mean, I'm just looking at it right now. The Warriors play March thirty first. They play April second. They play April third. 
Uh, and then, yeah, the last week of the year, they, they actually have a little gap. They play the 8th, the 9th, the 11th, the 13th, and the 15th. So you could be looking at seven or eight games mm-hmm. in the final couple of weeks of the season to, to get okay. yeah, the Warriors in a position there to, to have Clay play. I mean, if it was eight to ten games, to me, that that is all the more worth it. I think the trade deadline could be one of the three biggest stories of the second half. However, I think it's likely that nothing major is going to happen. I think it's highly unlikely that uh, D'Angelo Russell gets moved. I don't see that happening. Uh, so other than that, maybe a veteran or two gets traded. But even if that happens, I don't think the Warriors are going to get much back. So there'll be some maybe some uh, uh, some underwhelming shuffling going on. But I don't even know how big of a story that's going to be in the second half. Yeah, I think we're talking about, hey, could the, did the Warriors acquire a second-round pick? Yeah, or, Alex or maybe for a second-round pick. Did the Warriors uh-huh. acquire a veteran that they think can be a rotation player next year, maybe that has a couple of years on his contract? I think that's the other kind of a deal you could see. I don't is, think that'll happen, though, but that would be very significant. I think that is the kind of deal, though, you could see, is maybe there is a, a deal out there to be had for a guy like Alec Burks where, you know, Burks – goes to a team that would want him and then maybe they have somebody that isn't playing that's under contract for a longer term and that would be in essence what the Warriors would be doing they would be helping them with Burks but they would also be helping that team in a way where they're taking another player that they view as useful off of that team's hands that that may not want to have you know future money added although I think the Warriors you'd have to wonder if they would be really wanting to have future money added either. And I think the third big story the rest of the way would be the continued development and progress of the younger players. But that is somewhat frustrating because you know that so many Warrior fans want to see more and more of Smilagich. And he is a player who gets people excited this year. But the Warriors don't appear too um, excited about the prospect of giving him any more minutes. And Steve Kerr says, yeah, we want to send him back to Santa Cruz. Well, it just it sounds like the Warriors are trying to get their house in order to a point where they can send him down. Almost as if they would prefer yes. at this point to send him down, which, yeah, I, I do remain disappointed in that. So hopefully there will be a handful at least of wins, significant wins, uh, that maybe come close to rivaling what the Warriors did on Christmas Day. That's probably going to be the win of the year, right? That's probably going to be the high point of the whole season. Maybe not half the season to go, but it's hard to see uh, this team in the second half topping the win over the Rockets. Although once Steph comes back, who knows what kind of fireworks we're going to see. Yeah, and look, I mean, I, I would be willing to bet with Curry coming back and, and maybe at some point even Clay Thompson coming back. I, I would take the over on 9-32 and 32 for the final 41 games. Uh, and, you know, as we do, we, we look at the reverse standings right now. I mean, the Warriors still are in that number two spot. Atlanta 8-32. and 32. The Knicks won, right? The Warriors 9-32. and 32. The Knicks now 11-29. and 29. So The Knicks look, beat the Heat tonight. Yeah, you look at the Warriors. Today. The Warriors 2-and-a-half now clear of that third spot. So that third spot is the Knicks. Uh, and then the fourth spot currently is Cleveland. Cleveland at 12 and 27. So the Warriors have a five game difference between where they are and the fourth spot, which is that 12.5% chance versus the 14% chance at acquiring the number one pick. So the Warriors uh, at this point are, what, five and two, three and a half clear of that. But I do think you're going to see the Warriors win in more games in the second half than nine. Earlier today uh, on Warriors This Week, I heard Coase and Steven, very enjoyable show, very informative. They were talking about the draft, and if I understood correctly, Coase was saying, look, what does it matter where you're picking in this draft because it doesn't appear to be that great of a draft, so what's the difference if you're picking first or fifth or eighth? What's the difference? And to me, 
I understand his point, but I see it a little differently because it's probably not going to be a great draft, and we won't know that for a while. But to me, it's more important that you have one of the top picks because I don't think there is much talent. I think what is what talent there is there, you want a chance to grab it at the top. It, it's otherwise, it's gone. I, I also think there's value, though, in picking. There can be value in picking later in that teams that have really good front offices and really can identify talent. And I think the Warriors view themselves as an elite front office that, hey, they, to me, there's almost less pressure in some ways if you're going to look at, uh, you know, trying to, if you're going to be in a position where there isn't talent that's known, there's less pressure if you have to make that pick later. Right. And, and what I'm saying is if you have the second pick, you better get, you better get a talented player. Whereas there may be a player that you think could be as good as the second pick let's say, around the 10 to 15 range. But if you're picking eighth and you take that guy, there's less pressure on him and on you for that guy to be good. You, that's where you can have a Donovan Mitchell you know, pop up or uh, a Kawhi Leonard kind of a player pop up where you think he's really good and maybe could be the steal of the draft, but you're picking him at a point where the pressure's kind of off. So I do think, when, but the Warriors aren't really to that point right. either. And they're probably not a team that is going to keep that pick, right? I mean, that's not what they'd like to do so if you're going to trade the pick sure if you're going to keep the pick hey we'll trade down because we know we're confident we can get the player we want later on but if you want to trade it then you got to have a higher pick because otherwise you just don't have the value and i don't think there's going to be a scenario where you're going to see the warriors be you know i don't think you're going to see a scenario where the warriors are going to be they're going to have to either attach the value to it in terms of all right, it's a two pick and maybe another player with yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so I, I yeah, I think that's a good point. They're not going to be in that position where they're going to be bad enough to where that pick is going to go down to where they're going to be maybe in that more comfortable position. They're also not going to be in a position, let's face it, where I think a lot of teams are going to want to trade back. Right? I mean, I I think teams aren't really right, right. Uh, not in this draft, I wouldn't think. If the Warriors end up keeping the pick, and they pick very high. The more I think about it, it's hard to say because some of these guys, we just don't get the opportunity to see them play, but I really like the potential fit of Wiseman. But again, I'm making a lot of assumptions there because you can't even watch him play. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, Warriors wrap-up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Grizzlies beat the Dubs 122-102. to uh, It was D'Angelo Russell's return. Russell... Did go for 34 points in 34 minutes. Let's go ahead and hear from D'Angelo Russell post game uh, in Memphis as he met with the media. You miss so many games, you you realize you know it's, it's, nothing's promised. You can't take this game for granted. Obviously, missed missed the time being out there with the guys. How did it feel having Omari in that starting unit? You haven't. This is the first time for you that he's been out there in that role. Oh, uh, it's great. He's capable. He's capable of knockdown shots. Spread the defense. Um, when offense is, you know, focused on, you know, other players, he spreads the defense for him and, and, and opens the floor for us. So definitely need that. How do you feel like you guys are, are kind of handling this losing streak just in the locker room and just the overall vibe of the team? Uh, I think it's okay. I think it's okay. Um, you know, um, it's just diversity that we got to, you know, keep chipping away at. It's not easy to win in this league. Obviously, we know that. So um, just look at film, see what we can do to do better. Go with that. Just their size in the third quarter that kind of got the better of you guys, or what happened there? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds, all that. I think that's what you know dominates the game. And you know, you've seen Balachunas. I don't know if he had a career night or whatnot. Um, they were dominating us on the boards. 
Right, so the Warriors get dominated on the boards, but D'Lo comes back and it's 12 for 24, 34 points. You know, we, we've, we've mentioned this, you know, and D'Angelo Russell did play very well tonight offensively. And look, if, when, when he's going to be playing for this team, the distribution of shots, I mean, I want him taking the most shots on the Warriors. To me, that's the best way for them to operate. However, and we've, we've mentioned this before, Whitey, it's, you know, it, it's taken them time to get him acclimated and get acclimated to him every time he's had and what this is now the fourth time I want to say that he's had to return from something and there's always every time you have to make that switch it seems like a game or two before it it fully fits right again and that's been one of the most frustrating aspects of this season it hasn't just been him but they've had so many different lineups and so many different times when somebody else has been out and they're short-handed and it's no wonder that the Warriors have had a hard time uh, establishing any kind of continuity and of course also you have to mix in the fact that they don't have as much talent right now as virtually every other team they're playing but I think the fact that the Warriors view this year as that um, gap year the window to a championship is not closed it's almost like it's just they have it shuttered this year so that's why all the questions about how you're dealing with the losing the responses are different than you typically get because this doesn't appear to be a team that's coming apart and trying to figure out how do we turn this back around. It's a team that figures, yeah, that's just we don't have to worry about it this year. That's really the answer, right? How are you dealing with the losing? No one can say that, but you know what? We don't really have to worry about it this year, right? Yeah, that's don't have are. to worry about it this year. And the big reason you don't have to worry about this year is because you, you think just by virtue of getting Curry and Clay Thompson back, you're probably that alone. Forget about all the different ways this Warriors team can get better. That alone is probably enough to get you right back into the 40s. Yeah. Even if you don't make 20 by the end of this year. Yeah. So that window is just, we just got to tear the shutters off of it. It's still there. Uh, it's still open. And so back to it next year. But it's just one of the things that makes this year unlike any NBA season that uh, I can remember, frankly, in terms of where the Warriors are. Let's get to the call of the game. It's time for the call of the game. Brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile. Russell, foul line, lost the handle. Brooks stumbles. Russell gets by him, underhand, <laughs> left hand on the right side. Magician-like by D'Angelo Russell. Oh, he just tooled two players. I mean, just really left them speechless. Brooks was spinning around like a Washington <laughs> general. All right, so know the call of the game tomorrow. Keep it locked here to 95.7 The Game. Be listening to Joe Lowe and Dibs at 9.30 as it will be uh, $50 to Schroeder's Restaurant at 240 Front Street in San Francisco. That's for you. If you can correctly identify the call we just played, again, $50 to Schroeder's 240 Front Street in San Francisco. The call of the game is brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile, the best deal in wireless. That was almost like a change-up layup. You know, sometimes a guy... Uh, Cole Hamels, right? A great changeup, and Hunter Pence swinging away furiously, can't handle it. And that was like that was what that layup was like from D'Angelo Russell tonight. Defense just he's too, going too slow. I can't block it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really was, and he's clever yeah. and talented, and and just really, really, really good uh, offensively. And and it was good to see him back on the floor. They needed and, it, and the Warriors did need it, and the Warriors have needed it within the last week. It's been a big reason why, as much as they've improved defensively, they haven't been able to get wins because they haven't had enough offense tonight. They had more offense, but it was the rebounding and the defense that weren't uh, there. Another bright spot for the Dubs tonight: Amari Spellman, second consecutive start for him, twelve points. He knocked down three three pointers. Uh, let's hear from Amari Spellman post game at the FedEx Forum. 
No energy, no effort, no intensity, no nothing. We just out there running. It's it. Like, and them being NBA basketball players, they hit us over the head. That's all that happened. Their size as a team? No, we didn't play hard. So, yeah, he's just taller than us. If you're not playing hard and you're just standing there, that happens. Why do you think that was? Do you, can you pinpoint anything about the lack of effort maybe? I don't know. I really don't. I'm too young to know stuff like that, but I know what I see. I don't know. Notice about having D'Angelo back in the in the lineup and the way he can space the floor for you guys. Uh, he was aggressive. Aggressive. Did you get different looks from from three? Like, what do you see? How extra pass? They trashed. They trapped him, so he hit the pocket. But everything else, they same. Back in the starting lineup, I know you want to bring a lot of energy. Uh, had two fouls. Turned the ball over. I don't think I capitalized on that opportunity at all tonight. You guys are dealing with this eight-game losing streak versus how you guys were dealing with the losing streaks earlier in the season. Uh, the aura in that locker room just now wasn't the greatest. Um, we got to find a way to get that back. Once we do, I think we'll be fine. I think the one thing you got to really love about Amari Spellman, and it, it you, you, he doesn't like losing. And and I, I think you know in, in a in a year where you know we were just talking about yeah. it, eh, losses and, and well it's just the way it's going to be this year yeah you know well what? yeah and you know we had the holidays yeah you're right no and you know we didn't play hard I mean he he questioned the effort. some leadership yeah and and you know the aura, I would like to see a lot more of that I'm with you 100 or it's not good in the locker room right now we got to yeah. get that back yes and, and I think it, it's somebody that doesn't like losing I had wondered if that was. Part of the reason why maybe Amari Spellman was put into the starting lineup, I know Coach Kerr wanted to reward him. I know they want to get a look at him in terms of, uh, you know, being able to knock down threes and space the floor. But I, I got to wonder if part of it is, hey, Steve Kerr's got that edge to him where he wants to win every single possible game he can. Uh, and he wants to get another guy on the floor playing more minutes that hates losing as much as he does. That's a, that's a tangible skill hating to lose and and being ticked off when you lose, that's something that I will say plays very, very well on next year's team and in the future. Yeah, it's refreshing to see. We all understand the challenges they face this year. Hey, it's going to be, you know, it's tough sledding. But to hear someone saying that, it was nice to hear. By the way, he also had two block shots tonight in addition to making all three of his threes. Nice to hear Amari Spellman, though, a little upset that the Warriors uh, got rolled tonight. That said, this game reminded me of the early preseason when the Warriors played the Lakers, I don't know, 15, 16 times, and it was <laughs> noticeable right away that, wow, they're just not big enough. Sure. And that's what we saw tonight. Wow, they're, they're just not big enough. No, and, and yeah, Valanchunas killed him. I mean, we talked about it on the pregame. They start Valanchunas and Jaron Jackson. They're one of the few teams that, that plays two bigs. And Valanchunas, I mean, anytime it's a big that's you know got the size and the skill, the Warriors. Good night. Yeah, that's just big-time trouble for this particular uh, iteration of the Warriors. Three-game homestand coming up to kick off the official second half of the season. The Dubs have Luka Doncic back in town on Tuesday. The Denver Nuggets, one of the best teams in the Western Conference, a top-five team currently, although Utah at two and Denver five, all the way two to five, all of those teams currently with 12 losses uh, on the year. And then the Orlando Magic will be in to close things out uh, for 
uh, the Warriors uh, on this coming uh, upcoming homestand. Uh, what do you think about uh, about that? three-game stretch. Very attractive homestand. Uh, Denver, by the way, really pushing the Clippers around tonight. 6-10 to go third quarter. Denver 78, Clippers 60. Wow. Yeah. That, that is strange. And I know we mentioned earlier. That's in Denver. The Spurs, they beat uh, the Raptors tonight as well. Uh, I know Phoenix is leading Charlotte, at least uh, at, last, at last check. Uh, so some teams that are just kind of lingering around that bottom of the Western Conference playoff picture uh, in action tonight. All right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, Thanks to Alex and to Arden and to Cody. We appreciate the help uh, of one and all. For Whitey Gleason, I'm John Dickinson. We will be back with you on Tuesday from Chase Center uh, in San Francisco, 6 o'clock with Warriors Live, as it'll be the Warriors and the Mavericks to begin the second half of the 2019-2020 season. Fox Sports Radio is coming your way next. Uh, We'll talk to you on Tuesday night. Grizzlies beat the Warriors tonight, 122-102, to and you heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.